Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now my name ring bells. All across the world, so my name ring bells. Welcome to Fade the Booth with your host, the best deep threat ever, Deshaun Jackson. What's going on, everybody? How you doing? This is your main man, Deshaun Jackson. And we on Fade the Booth. I got my main man, DJ Drama. Hey, Drama, what's up, bro? You at Fade the Booth, man. We, we, it's a, this a, this a different platform, Drama. You know, usually I'm on your end of the sticks, but now we on my side, man. What's up, Drama? You done turned the tables on me, man. I mean, normally I'm in control of the booth. Now you, uh, you got me in un- uncharted territories. What's popping, big homie? Hey, man, you know, it's a, honestly a pleasure. First, all, I want to, I want to uh, genuinely, you know, let you know it's always been love. You know, you like a big brother to me, but you know, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you supporting what I'm doing right now. You know, I got a, a I don't even want to call it a podcast, big bro. I want to call it, you know, a show, man, entertainment. You know, and uh, you actually my fourth guest to have. Come on, man. So I just want to tell you I appreciate you for supporting me and rocking out with me. But man, honestly, man, I'm blessed, bro. I'm good, man. How about yourself? Not the same, my brother. I appreciate those kind words. You know, we've been we've been rocking for like damn near shit over a decade now and like you know how we you know what i'm saying our, our relationship goes beyond just you know entertainment or, or sports and everything and you know it's a, it's a I, i'm proud to call you my friend you know what i'm saying so anything you ever need from me but you know outside of outside of you know what's going on in the world i'm, I'm doing great man I'm, i've been blessed you know what i'm saying um things are going well in my career and my life you know what i'm saying and you know i'm just happy to be here Right. No, 100 percent, man. Uh, you know, we definitely have to recognize you for, you know, all the great work you've done, man, and where you started from. So, um, you know, ladies and gentlemen, that's sitting at home that might not be familiar with DJ, the drama man. You know, uh, this 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 one of the, the greatest DJs, man, to ever touch a, 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 a turntable, a keyboard, a mic. I mean, just his whole swag about him. So, uh, you know, man, I. I kind of just want to introduce yourself and just let everybody know once again, you know, uh, you know, you gained your recognition from uh, doing classic mixtapes, you know, with uh, T.I. to start off back in, what was that, back in the, what, like early 90s, bro? Nah, not that long ago. You trying, you trying to really put some age on me. It was like uh, early <laughs> 2000s, early 2000s. Me and Tip met probably like uh, 2000, maybe 2001. We were doing, you know, we were doing tapes together and we did our like first, first like official gangster grills, like just me and him, I think like uh, 03 or 04. Definitely. So, so I, well, I think I'm talking about, you actually did a mixtape back in, what was it? 1998. You know, which one I'm talking about. Let me see. Let me see if you know your own history. I know it. I just want to see if you know what the one, which one I'm talking about. Jim Crow laws. There we go. It was, fe- it was yeah. featured by uh three, six mafia outcast yeah. and mystical man. So, uh, excuse my my mess up, but that's the one I was talking about before the mixtapes. But the Jim Crow, um, you know, it was a lot. Was was it was another one that you actually um, had where it was a lot of more uh, mixed of uh, R and B songs. Which one yeah. was that one? That was called Automatic Relaxation. Automatic so, Relaxation. So that was, but that was before the Jim Crow one, right? Yeah, that was a it was a before it, and it was all around the same time. So basically, like in the in the late nineties, like. When I first came to Atlanta, you know, I was pretty much like hustling my own mixtapes, like when I was still in college and and moving around and everything. So I pretty much had to have like something for everybody. I would make like a 
East Coast more uh, type of tape, maybe like a West Coast tape. I'll have R&B, I'll have reggae. And then, you know, Jim Crow Laws was actually like my first, my first like down South Southern music mixtape. And, and, you know, that was even after a couple of years after I was in Atlanta and it just kind of, you know, it, it, um, it did well for me. So, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, I mean, I was in the, in the center of the South, like in, you know, in the Mecca of what was to become hip hop and everything. And I just, uh, you know, the light bulb went off like, Oh, okay. I'm on to something here. Right. So I, I saw the interest in, um, you know, stat or not even stat, it's a time in life. So when you was 13 years old, your, uh, your, your big sister actually took you down to New York and uh, took you to a place. You bought your first mixtape, actually got your right. first pair of turntables, if, if I'm not mistaken. But um, you, was, you was born and raised in, in Germantown, Philadelphia, you know, mm-hmm. Philly, native Philly, diehard Eagle fan. Y'all see I'm turning around and pointing to the Eagle. They know what's going on. Eagle, when I say Eagle helmet, this man is a diehard Eagle fan. So, uh, you know, what was what was that experience like when your sister actually took you down to New York and you was able to buy your first mixtape, man? Tell me, talk, talk about that era a little bit, like, and how you kind of got into, you know, the music industry. Yeah, so that was like my early years. I mean, you know, part of my story is um, I had went to go see the movie Juice when it first came out. Um, you know, uh, for those who have never seen it, please check it out, but rest in peace, Tupac, Omar Epps is in it. Um, and, the, and the concept of the movie obviously is, you know, besides these friends, um, Omar Epps plays his DJ and he's trying to get into like a DJ battle and everything. And that was like my first time really like, like seeing DJs, like some DJ shit on like the big screen. Like, and you know, I just was like, I was, I was mesmerized by it. I was like, man, that's what I want to do. So I convinced my mom to like buy me a turntable and I had like one turntable and a mixer, you know, to, most DJs all have two turntables and mixers. She she got me one and, and a mixer and I was in high school and I just was kind of like, you know, messing around with it and everything. And the year after my freshman year, my sister was went on a trip to New York. I went with her and we was in, uh, we was in Harlem on 125th Street. And this was the time when they used to have all the vendors outside. Right. And... Yeah, I bought my first mixtape. It was DJ SNS Old School Part 2. And the reason why I had bought that tape was because by the time I had started buying records, I didn't I didn't really there was a whole era of hip hop that I missed that on vinyl because, you know, I was late to the party or or not really late at the time, but they didn't, you know, I couldn't get LL Cool J Rock the Bells and Run DMC, Peter Piper and old EPMD and old, you know, shit even like uh uh Dr. Dre, you know, uh uh, Dre Day, stuff like that. So yeah, he had all these records on, he had a lot of these songs on Old School Part 2, so I bought that tape. And it just, like, it just blew my mind. Like, I was just fascinated by, it. like, the way he was putting the records together and, the, you know, the talk he was talking on the mixtape. And, you know, and I just became fascinated by mixtape culture after that. Like, you know, anytime a new Clue tape would drop or, you know, any of those guys in the 90s that was putting tapes out, like, I, I loved it because I felt like I was ahead of the curve and I was, when it came to hip hop, like, you know, it's something about always feeling like you up on what's next or what's new, you know what I mean? So, you know, that's how I got introduced to Biggie early, you know, it was just like, you know, you would hear freestyles and, and things of that nature. So, you know, even though I used to study all forms of DJing, like mixtapes was all, like mixtape DJs always stood out to me in, in the culture, you know, and hence, probably why I wound up taking that route and, 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 you know, my initial fame came a lot from, from my mixtape career. Right. 
So, uh, yeah, man, I, I mean, you know, me growing up, man, I, I've always been a big fan, even before we personally met and rocked out. Uh, you know, you have some some big time collaborations with Lil Wayne, Jeezy, um, Gucci, man, and many more, man, like Fabulous. Uh, you know, f- for your history, man, just like you, you like I say, you're an all time great, man. You're a legend. And, uh, you know, when you when, where you at today in your in your life, man, like looking back on you know, uh, when you first entered the game and, you know, some of the heavyweights you was able to collab with and come together. Uh, what, what, what does that mean for you? And, you know, with the, you know, with the generation that's, you know, below us that came before us, um, you know, what, what inspires you to continuously go out and, and just be great, man, and put some of the best work out, man, that we've seen you do with, you know, some big time artists. I mean, I mean, thank you, bro. Uh, definitely. Like, you know, I, 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 I love it, Jack. Like, you know, we I've been doing this since I can remember. So, you know, like when I first started, my my real goal was to get my name on a flyer. Like that that was literally like why I was DJing. Like, man, I gotta get my name on a flyer. You know what I mean? So everything that I've accomplished in a lot of ways has been somewhat extra, but it also keeps inspiring me and keeps pushing me to continue. You know what I'm saying? Just just for what, you know, what what the culture means to my life and what it's allowed me to see and be a part of. And, you know, I think about my successes early on with people like Tip, Jeezy and Wayne, you know, and, and although like uh, Wayne was obviously already little Wayne by the time we started the work, like, you know, those three guys, in a sense, we all came up together, you know, mm-hmm. so the, 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 the levels that they're at now or that I'm at, we weren't always at. So, you know, it was very important to me that I have people in my life and in and, and my career that, you know, I could say that I came up with, like we created history together. And I always tell that story a lot to people, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that means a lot. Like, you know, those those are part of the stories. You can't always, you know, I didn't, I can't expect Jay-Z to want to do a tape with me off top. You know what I'm saying? Now the conversation will be different, but that's after I've done so many legendary products, projects, excuse me. And then, you know, just for me, like, you know, like I've, I've literally seen like, you know, I'm 42, so I'm from the hip-hop era. Like, I was literally born into the culture. So I came up watching people make it. Then I then I created, a you know, a, a platform and, and, a, and a way for myself and other artists to, you know, do our thing together. And then I watched the generation under me that was inspired by me turning into superstars. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and, and then when I, when I first got into, like, when I first, like, got on, like, in them, them early years of the, the Jeezy tapes and the Wayne tapes and everything, like I remember feeling like, yo, I'm 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 the hottest thing out. Like, you know, magazines was putting me on their covers. Like everybody wanted to do a tape with me. Like, you know, it, it was just I was I was part of I was part of the culture. But I also remember thinking to myself, like, all right, now that you got here, like, how do you how do you stay here? You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's one thing to be able to get here, you know, but how how do you make yourself relevant in another 10 years you know so that was always a goal of mine and you know i always say like hip-hop is the only musical genre that we can compare to sports you feel what i'm saying because it's it's a you know it's a competitive game you know so it's like it's like you every year like you know as much success as you've gotten or or accolades that you get year by year you know once that season ends it's all back to step one and we got a whole nother season to go. And that's the same way I approach hip hop and I approach the game. Like, you know, we can, we can win a couple chips, you know what I mean? Or I could three Peter do whatever, but that next year's somebody coming for that spot. So you got to keep on your, you got to keep practicing. We got to, you know, we got to keep running drills to make sure that, you know, we always 
are in that conversation of, of what's going on. Right. And man, I, I, I'm definitely a firm believer about, you know, the work you put in and, you know, where you started and where you finished. Like, you know, when I first came into the game, obviously, you know, I made some crazy history, ran some crazy punt returns, caught some crazy touchdowns that we all know and we can speak on. But um, I, I think the consistency is what keeps, you know, at your high level. You get what I'm saying? Like I, I when I came in the game, I was always a firm believer is, you know, it's not about what you do for me one, two times, you know, and you look up like, what have you done for me lately? And that's what the mm-hmm. NFL is about. That's what, you know, being at the highest of, you know, the highest is going to be about because, you know, for, for a guy like myself growing up, bro, like, I can't bullshit, you know, I'm, I'm on this platform and I have, you know, the opportunity to say every time you step in the building, you have a party, you know, I'm one of the first ones to be like, you know, you hit me like Jack, where you at? You in the city? You know, I'm like, drum, where you at? I hear, you, you know, mm-hmm. shit, all-star weekend, whatever, you know, I'm pulling up, bro. So for those of y'all who don't know, who haven't been to a DJ drama party, every time he hosts something, the shit is lit and we always have a great time. And, you know, I, I feel like for me, bro, it's a vibe, it's an energy that you present when you when you on the mic or when you had the turntables to speak or speak about that because like I, I look at it as a, in, as in a sense it's almost an equivalent to me being in, on the football field and catching that deep pass like I feel like when you on your shit bro it's like leave me a fuck alone I'm in I'm in the game like let me let me stay on my craft so like w- what is that driving what is that energy like when you you know when you are a DJ and you mixing yeah I mean good looking like it's it's everything like it, it's it's like being on the field you know what I'm saying it's like it's it's time to show off, you know. Like it's it's funny because, you know, there's times in my in my life where I'm kind of like, I mean, people might, if you listen to my mixtapes or you come to a party, you might necessarily think I'm the life of the party or so boisterous or always outspoken. Like I'm kind of I'm kind of quiet in a sense in a lot of ways. But when it's time to go, like I turn it right on. When I get on that mm-hmm. stage or when I get behind them tables, like. You know what I'm saying? That, that it's, that's the platform for me to do what I do best. And, um, you know, I just think it's, um, you know, I've studied the game a long time. You know, I've, I've, I've done, you know, I've been doing parties forever. Like, you know, I just know that what I bring to the table, like how I play those records is just different. Like I have a certain way of setting up the room and just like, you know, taking the energy to another level. Like that's really what it's about. You know what I'm saying? That's why I get paid mm-hmm. the big bucks. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to get to the end zone every time. So, for sure. So, you know, it's just like, I, I don't take that for granted, you know? So I know when I step into a room, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come in and I'm going to stop the music and I'm going to talk that talk and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make people feel like they in for something special, you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. you know, male, male and female, like, everybody's just going to feel that energy. So when they leave, you know, and I, early on in my career, I always said I didn't want people – to leave and be like, yo, just that party was fly. Like, yo, DJ Drama fucked that shit up. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's really the goal for them to leave that party and and, and to remember the name. For sure, man. Would you say, or would you take credit for, you know, some of, cause, cause you know, looking back, like I said, the projects you have and, you know, who you collabed with are big. Would, would you say you was a part of that trend or a part of that wave where, you know, the DJ, uh, DJ Musters and, you know, other DJs that kind of came after you, kind of took that that next level as far as like having compilation albums with you know the biggest uh artists like because I, I, I can remember going back in time like you and dj drum i mean you you and dj uh Khaled, or you and yeah, dj cali i was like the first two or you know if i'm mistaken tell me but like y'all was the first two to really start the albums on a compilation you know and start putting them out and like 
you know, that was, that was big. So like, how do you feel like, you know, do you take credit or do you feel like you have parts in taking with like the DJ Mustards and all these other DJs that are trying to do compilation albums? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm very well aware that I inspired a generation, you know, and I say that as humbly as possible, just like a generation inspired me. But like, you know, we, we weren't the first, um, you know, like when I look at it, like I, I watched Clue and Flex and Kid Capri and, mm-hmm. you know, Pete Rock and Tony Touch and Jazzy Jeff. And, you know, I, I can name a lot of DJs that put albums out, you know, even right. before us. And I, I definitely think that we took it to another level um, and definitely, you know, you know, both individually came with hit records that were just more than just DJ compilations. You know what I'm saying? So, and, you know, I mean, I mean, and salute to Mustard, like, and Mustard has said it in, you know, in, in, in his time, like, you know, when he was coming up, I was like a God to him. I mean, he's literally said like DJ drama was a God to me, you know what I'm saying? So, and, um, you know, to for somebody of his stature to say that about me and to think that I inspired him and, you know, whoever else, like, you know, that's a blessing. And that's, that's what we supposed to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? That like, you're supposed to, inspire a generation if you're really on your shit and like you know i have djs come up to me all the time like just even the other night like yo you're the reason why i do this you know what i'm saying like it was because of this that made me you know pick up a, a turntable or or make a mixtape and everything and i mean that's like that's like the greatest compliment ever because you know i mean I, I i speak about it all the time like if it wasn't for me hearing sns's tape like who knows you know where where my career would be or if i didn't grow up on guys too so you know, it's all about passing the torch. And, you know, for me, I I, I'm, I love it and embrace it because, you know, I still feel so relevant and so like, you know, I'm 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 still here. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, you know, I'm getting busy just, you know, I'm I'm in a different way, but I'm having just as much success in 2020 as I had in, you know, 2005 or you know what I'm saying 2010. You know what I mean? So so yeah, I love it though. But uh, absolutely, like we definitely inspired the 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 new the new generation of producers and DJs to do albums and and things of that nature and um yeah I'm glad to see it All right man speaking of the generation man you have your own record label and, and generation now man you have some some big time talent you got some some record number record number breaking artists um you know Lil Uzi Vert is uh you know from Philadelphia himself Jack Harlow uh, came out with the What's Poppin single um. You know, let's let's speak on your transition from you being a DJ to you entering the game where I didn't have to come to Atlanta multiple times to sit down with you like, yo, big bro, what you think about my artists um, and having the pleasure to actually, you know, have two of my artists. You you actually hosted a mixtape of two of my artists. Um, But yeah, to talk, let's talk about the transition from being a DJ, because not too many DJs, you know, transition from you know, being a DJ to sitting on executive level and sitting at the conversations and at the tables with, you know, some, some big decision making, man. Talk, talk to me sure. about that, that new level of your uh, career. Um, you know, it was kind of a, it felt like a natural progression for me. Like a lot of it came from the success I was having with my own records. And, um, you know, the opportunity presented itself for me to, to go to Atlantic as an A&R. And, you know, clearly, I mean, in, in some form of fashion, I've been an A&R in the streets, you know, my whole career and, you know, been a part of so many legendary um, come ups in a lot of ways. So when I first got to Atlantic, you know, I had just built my studio, Mean Street Studio. And, um, 
you know, my, my partners, uh, Lake Sheezy and Cannon, we were, we were just kind of, you know, we were, we were looking at various artists at the time and a couple of them that we had just missed. And, you know, we taught ourselves, we didn't want to miss any more artists. And, um, you know, Cannon brought Lil Uzi to the table. This was like early 2014. And, um, you know, we, we, we decided to, you know, pursue it. And Uzi moved to Atlanta like 2015. Um, he was, you know, he basically lived at our studio and, you know, he was living at our studio and just kind of, um, you know, we created a, you know, a, a home form to, you know, to just be able to be creative and what have you. We, we, we did this deal over at Atlantic um, and we started our label generation now and, you know, Uzi skyrocketed. Everybody knows that story. He's one of the, you know, biggest artists in the game now. And, you know, we started the label and we had some successes a couple of years later. After that, we signed Jack Harlow and um, we've been kind of cultivating him for some time now. And, you know, earlier this year, we put out the What's Poppin' record and, mm. you know, it, it took off. But, um, you know, it was a natural, trans, uh, uh, you know, transgression for me, like just to kind of go into, you know, from DJ to label exec and what have you and you know it was something i've always been a part of like i like i was saying it derives back to my early mixtape years of me just always wanting to be up on the new shit and always be a, wanting to be ahead of the curve and what better way than that is you know introducing you know new artists to the game you know what i'm saying and we're gonna keep doing it like that's you know that, that's really the goal man definitely not man so that's that's always you know, a great thing for someone to start somewhere. I wouldn't even say start on a lower level because being a big time DJ is obviously that's pretty big time. But to cross over to, like I say, sitting at the executive table, and making them executive business decisions is always key, man. And that's that's the end goal, I think, for everybody, even any young dudes coming up, you know, when they get into a position like, you know, when I came to the NFL, I was a second round draft pick, even though I, 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 fit, I knew I was worth being a first rounder, but that wasn't satisfied. That wasn't satisfying enough for me. Like I wanted to get to the NFL and I wanted to break all the records. I wanted to get into the NFL and prove that I was the shit. You get what I'm saying? And my pops right. kind of put that into me. So that's kind of what I take from what you're saying. But you know, I just kind of want to touch on it since we 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 talking big shit. In 2013, you was DJ of the year on the BT Awards. I remember that. And uh, man, in 2018, you actually got DJ record label of the year, man. So that just talks about kind of uh, briefly about what we just just you know discuss man but um you know i, I kind of want to take it back a little bit bro i, I want some interesting because man you 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 the streets king gangster grills is like people don't know that's street shit we talking real hood gut ass going to you know to them areas man like what was that shit like for you man back in the day bro like some of the first you know uh compilation albums you did like talk to me about like the studios y'all used to be at or like what type of street shit was y'all on back then man like i got i gotta get that part man because you know we come from that and you know that's what makes us who we are bro tell me about some some times or a story or something bro i need to hear something man i mean you know my my uh my gangster shit is approved you know i got uh <laughs> i got i got rate i got rated by the feds they, they tried to take me down with the rico law so right you know they, they came they came directly to my studio one time and uh you know, told me to to put my hands up and, you know, tell me where the guns and the drugs were, you know what I'm saying? And told me I was under arrest for bootlegging and racketeering. So, you know, that, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I saw that, man. What they, they came and took all your shit. Took everything from took me. Took the whips. <laughs> what they was on, bro. Man, they was on some shit, my brother. They was on <laughs> some shit. But we, all, we got it squared away. You know, they tried to make me the scapegoat for, 
for what might have been wrong in the industry. And, you know, just because mixtapes was getting so big and everything. And, you know, I was I was at the top of the food chain at the time. So if they wanted to make an example, who better to make an example of than me? You know, but, you know, funny enough, too, like when I started Gangsta Grills, like, you know, for a long time, it was before we had social media or, you know, before I was in videos like that, like motherfuckers didn't know what I looked like. So when they would hear my voice on them tapes and I'd be yelling and my voice is mad deep and everything, like people thought I was like uh, dark skin and fat as shit. Like, so when, mm-hmm. when I remember when Jeezy first put me in like the Trap or Die DVD, people was like, man, I never knew you look like that. Like, I thought you was a big black nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, but you know, I mean, it, you know, like them days was, you know, we had our, our, our studio on Walker Street and, you know what I mean? We'd be in some legendary sessions, you know, just being with like, you know, I came up in the in the in the BMF era like early on and you know, um uh salute my guy Big Meech, you know what I'm saying? Just really, really being able to free big Meech, yeah, free big Meech, one of the realest ever. <laughs> just to just to see like you know, that that was a time that, you know, can't be redone or relived, or, you know what I'm saying? You really had to be there to experience it was it was a special time in Atlanta, but you know that that era was that era was special, man. And Gangster Grills was was special. Like it really it meant a lot to the streets and you know to a lot of people's careers. And they come up like it was really that platform. Right, right, definitely. Hey, so shit, man. I don't want to take too much more. Yo, Todd just got like a few more questions. Let me go on and hit. I got this little uh, endorsement shit. Fade the Booth endorsement sponsorships. Deshaun Jackson Foundation. Check out DeshaunJacksonFoundation.com. Um, one times one clothing. Go check out one times one right now. Get your favorite gear. Get your Eagle gear. Get your Deshaun Jackson clothing. And don't forget, you know, uh, Spotify, iTunes. Go on and check it out. Deshaun Jackson, man. I got my first album out there against all lies. My boy DA Drama certified approved. We in the building. Uh, check out Sports Rhythms. Check out uh, Play for Life. Um, you know, it, it's bigger than you know, everything, man. It's bigger than life itself, man. So check it out. Uh, Drum, let's, um, let's kind of get into like, who are some of the, some of the best artists you felt like you've collabed with? I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to put you on the pot and just, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot and just ask for one. Um, who, who, who is like one of your favorite artists that you work with, man? It's, it's been so many, bro. It's so tough. Um, you know, I, I definitely am like always proud of to say that I, I, I have an outcast record, you know, and I got a, I got a record with Andre 3000 spitting that, spitting that talk, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, really everybody, man, I, like it's, I literally have worked with so many talented people in the game, whether it's Pharrell or Childish Gambino or Wayne or Tip, Jeezy, Gucci, like fucking uh, Fab, Meek, Drake, um, Chris Brown. Jeremiah, um, 50 Cent, man, so many people, bro, like 2 Chains, um, Snoop, Nipsey, rest in peace, my brother Nipsey, um, mm-hmm. it, it, Wiz, like I could go on for days, you know what I'm saying? I, sure. I, re- I really have been blessed to like, t- you know, to work with some of the greatest and the brightest in the game, you know what I mean? So it's it's tough to it's tough to pick. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I had to, but uh, you know, I, I'm sure it's hard just to pick one. Um, it's crazy you talked about Nipsey. You brought up Nipsey, man. Uh, you know, you know who who he was a you know a big inspiration to me. A, you know, a close friend, a brother. Um, we both had great relationships with Nipsey. 
Uh, can you touch on like a story or something that you could tell me that you knew since day one that Nipsey, it was something about him that you could tell he was going to be a special one, man. Like what's a story or like a, a moment where you worked with him and you seen something that, you know, I don't know if it was his work ethic or, you know, his wordplay. Like what was it something that you could give about, you know, our brother Nipsey? I mean, you know, I, I'm, I, I remember the first time I met Nipsey, I literally was on Sunset and he kind of ran up to me and, you know, I was, he told me who he introduced himself to me, told me who he was. And, you know, this was probably like, man, oh, oh, five, oh, six. So this was early on. And, um, you know, we always had a, we always had a, a good relationship. Like, you know, it was, it, it, I, I wasn't close in them early years, but it was, it was good. And then, you know, we would kind of run into each other and, and what have you. And it, maybe like 20, 2012, we was in LA. I was at Wakano the old location on uh on third street and i ran in the nip in there and i was like man it's it's time bro like mm-hmm. like what are we waiting on you know what i'm saying we've been talking about it for all this time he's like yo actually drama mm-hmm. i got this idea i'm about to do this hundred dollar mixtape and this prize should be the one and i was like let's do it and you know that turned out to be crenshaw and like you know to be a part of such a historical legendary iconic project with such a historical legendary iconic artists and then again to consider him a friend is like very humbling to me but just the response of what came from when we put Crenshaw out and what it, what I saw it do for his career and you know just just his genius and his his plan and you know his vision of of what he was about to accomplish and everything like you know and just the type of guy he was man Nip was like you know it's not a lot of people in the industry that I I really consider like friends, you know what I'm saying? I have a lot of peers and I have very valuable relationships with people, but you know, there's, there's a few people that over the years that like I, I hold dear to me, you know what I'm saying? And Nip was always one of them, man. We, he was always 1000, you know what I'm saying? We just, you know, it, it was, it was always love. So he was a, he was a very rare breed in, in, in the entertainment business. No, definitely, man. Uh, should I, I, I remember that Crenshaw, a project like it was yesterday, man. I, you know, that's that's almost. I mean, bro, bro made history with that. I don't think no yes. one ever sold a mixtape for a hundred dollars. And Jay Z bought like with a thousand copies or something. Ten yep. thousand. What was it? Something crazy. He bought a thousand copies. Yep. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. for him to have that mindset, and you know, it's crazy. You even spoke on like you when you linked up with him. You saw him. You was like, bro, like, like, what we waiting on this time? Like, I used to tell bro that all the time. I'm like. Like when you dropping some shit and he used to like the way he used to shut me up, he was like, I know you in training camp. I know you want to listen to some shit. I'm going to send you a few tracks. Just don't leak them. You know, Nip was always like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to send you some shit. Just don't leak my shit. Cause Mm -hmm. so like I was always on that shit. And like, you know, for me, like, you know, being out here in Philadelphia, cause people wasn't really on Nip like that early. When I was a a rookie in 2008, people wasn't on Nip like that, bro. And I can remember his first few mixtapes, I was in training camp and I was putting niggas on nips. I'm like, cuz hard, huh? They sure. like, that nigga hard. So sure. like, man, I think that was a legendary project and you know, mm-hmm. shit, you own that project with him, man. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's love, man. But so I got a big part of my uh, show, man, what we call a segment and uh, it's actually called Billionaire Talk. And uh, you know, the Billionaire Talk is, is basically inspiring the, the youth or giving motivation. Um, you know, someone that's out there pursuing to be a DJ or, you know, uh, should a record label owner or CEO or like an artist, like what, what is some motivation or, you know, something you could kind of inspire a, a, a young person sitting back that's watching this, uh, you know, this interview, bro. What is something you could give to them? 
I was just telling man, you know, like when when I come into the game, when I came into the game, or you know, like when you when you're first getting your your feet wet, you know, you do it. We do this because we love it. Like we do it out of a passion. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, it all leads to a lot of incredible things, money and travel and fame and success and women and cars and houses and all that stuff is good, but it's the love of the culture and the love of the music of why I do this and why I've stayed so consistent over the years. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, it's like, I I, I want to tell anybody that's tuned in, like first and foremost, never, never let that get out of your sight. You know what I'm saying? Understand, you know, your original memories of when you first heard Nipsey Hussle or when you first heard DJ Drama or when you first heard any of your favorites, you know what I mean? And you know, it's like you gotta trust the process. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta enjoy the steps. You gotta enjoy the grind. You gotta enjoy the times when you're gonna feel like the world's not paying attention to your greatness, or when they're fronting on your greatness, or or know that you know it's gonna happen. Like I had a conversation with Jack Harlow the other day, and he was just telling me he was talking about the, his tours that he did before was popping came out, and a couple of the shows when there wasn't a lot of people in the room, and he said he told himself. Like he was like, man, Jack, just go out there and do this because there's going to be a time when you're never going to have to do a show that looks like this again. And I saluted him on that because that's that's trust in the process. You know what I mean? That's like me knowing that, you know, when I'm when I'm doing parties when I was in college for one hundred and fifty dollars or I'm or I'm doing weddings or bar mitzvah. Like I literally did every I did everything that could happen. Any 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 party, any crate, any speaker i carried it like i did everything you know what i'm saying so you know it just it's that much more enjoyable when you make it if you if you respect you know having to do everything at every level you know and, and just know that like you know it's not about necessarily like what you create out of your enjoyment out of your love you know can change the world you know what i'm saying so don't hmm. think you got to be at a big studio or don't think you got to necessarily slide into Drake's DMs or, you know, fucking uh, Uzi's DMs. Like, you know, before you know it, you're going to create something that's going to get on their radar and then they're going to come check them for you. You know what I'm saying? Uh So, you know, it's just about, you know, creating your moment, you know, enjoying the the ride and and doing it, doing it out of the love and the passion. No, definitely, man. That's the way to inspire the youth, man. I appreciate you all the time, brother. Before we get off this, before we get off this call, man, is there anything else we should stay tuned on? What got on what's DJ drama got going in the mix and the cooking up? What you, you know, we call it the cook up phase, man. What you, what you got for us to keep our eye on, lady, man, coming up? I, d- I definitely got some stuff. Definitely be on the lookout for Jack Harlow's debut album, um, brand new DJ drama music. Uh, we got a new artist named Seti Hendrix. He's about to drop something. Shot the shot the Duval That's my County dog. Yeah, yeah. That's my dog. Said he hard, man. Yeah, said he coming. And um, you know, just you know, more music, more more money, more more movements. All right, that's right, brother. We should always success, man. Much love. Sure, and, bro. You know, happiness, happiness, yeah. brother. Appreciate you stopping on. Fade the booth with Deshaun Jackson. You already know, my brother. Drum, we out. Holla at me, fly. All right, bro. my nigga. Fly. Yeah, you already know. Fly equals fly. I'm a holler, bro. He appreciates you, fam. My boy. I got the money, but my pride keep me in the streets. I got the hustle, but we guarantee we gon' go, go. I got a few plays. I'm quarterback. I'm Tom Brady, 12 in the pack. And I'm a throw it, get my arm crazy. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.